it's Sarah Evans, and you're listening to the California Country Show. Hey, folks, how you doing out there? It's just Dave from the California Country Show podcast. Back again. Can you believe it? I know it's been a little while, but I have a pretty good excuse. Yeah, that's right. When the country started to reopen again, um, I myself went out there as a singer and caught me the Rona. That's right, guys. You're listening to a man who is recovering from COVID-19, the coronavirus. And let me tell you, after dealing with lung issues and pain and fever and coughs and all kinds of crazy stuff, it sucks. I don't recommend it. Don't catch it. Wear a mask. Come on. Keep the people that you love safe don't be an a-hole. I don't care what you think you read and or saw in a YouTube video. Man, come on. Just do it. If you've seen some of my viral posts, I mean, like I went out there and it took me like two days to write a post about how I felt and how, you know, kind of guilty or embarrassed I was of catching coronavirus. It was really weird. Um, it was shared thousands of times and put in a couple different newspaper articles. It's kind of a wild way to spend a few weeks in bed responding to people. But yeah, things are okay right here on the Bernal home front. We're all clear. I got a couple residual things hanging out in my lungs. This is actually the first time I've been on a microphone. And I'll start the California Country Show radio show next week too. So we're just getting back into business. I know they tell you to take it easy when you're recovering from coronavirus. But man, if you know me, if you know my work habits, um, I have no idea how to take it easy. It's just, that's just the way I am. But if you were sitting on a Sarah Evans podcast recording, you wouldn't take it easy either. You'd try to get it out there. And now that I'm back to being kind of healed up, or at least on the recovery side of things, I want to share with you this interview that I did with the fifth best-selling country female artist, Miss Sarah Evans. She's had massive hits, Born to Fly, uh, stronger suds in the bucket and you know when a guy like me on an independent radio show says I want to interview you about your brand new album copy that an album of covers I swear it won't take very much time also I have a podcast and if you don't mind I've got about 20 other questions to ask you well she handled it with grace and charm and I think we're buddies now. In fact, right after I get done uh, editing this podcast, I'm gonna I'm gonna give her a call. No, seriously though, she's a lovely woman, and this album of covers that she's put out, I wanted to get to the bottom of this. And the reasons are completely different uh, than what I imagined, and I kind of embarrassed myself a little bit. But that's okay. She handled it with grace and charm, like a Sarah Evans is wanting to do. At the end of this podcast recording, I'm going to give you some information. We are going to get out there and save the honky-tonks, folks. And this week on the California Country Radio Show, there's a lot of great venues that we're going to try to save. But first, got to share with you this interview I did with Sarah Evans, right here on the California Country Show podcast. Tonight I'm gonna break away Just you wait and see I'll never be imprisoned by A faded memory Just when I think I'm over him This broken heart 
start off by saying I am really enjoying your Instagram live streams. I've been I've been watching them lately and I feel like I'm getting to know a Sarah Evans that maybe none of us knew. Uh, the one that when we just keep the camera rolling, we get to see what your life is like. Yeah, exactly. It's the crazy side of me, which is 90% of who I really am. It's just like, um, I'm kind of a comedian as much as I am a singer, songwriter, entertainer. Um, And I've always, you know, used humor. I grew up with the funniest parents, especially my mom. I mean, my mom could be a stand-up comedian. And so humor is huge in our family, and it's a great way to communicate with people and to start off, you know, conversations or to make an awkward conversation better. But so my kids have, you know, that, that same thing. Inherited, and so inherited that, I imagine. They've yeah. inherited it completely. They've inherited that and music. And so, yeah, my daughter Olivia and I decided, you know, when quarantine first hit that we should do an Instagram live because everyone's doing them. So we posted that we wanted to do an Instagram live, but we had no, no purpose, no information, <laughs> nothing that we were just wanting attention. And so we did that first night and it also says, and hopefully Audrey, because my youngest daughter, Audrey is so ornery and you know, that's, that's her funny thing. She's probably the funniest one in our family, but mm-hmm. she will not come on the Instagram live. She's just like, you know, she's holding out big time. And so every week people are hoping that they're going to get to see Audrey and they never do. But now we're just kind of giving her the silent treatment. Like we don't even want you on the show anymore because we've now we've made it famous. No, it, it's you guys have both made it. It's it's kind of a host and co-host situation. And mm-hmm. um, to me, it's actually in this time of confusion and um, and a lot of just, you know, struggle in our country. It's for me, I, I've always done this with our with our quarantine series, our interview series, it really just brings comfort to people to know that people ha- are still having regular conversations. It's okay not to talk about the disease and it's okay to yeah. talk about these things. It's great. Oh, exactly. And I, I talk about it in the way that I think most people want to be spoken to about it. I'm not coming from the, you know, extremely wealthy, famous person who says, you know, I stay in like I'm, you know, because like I, I come from a farming family yeah, and, you know, we were never, ever privileged growing up and I still work my butt off, you know, to this day, all my shows have been canceled. So I can't, I can't make money right now. I can't, you know, work my band and crew and all that. So we sort of talk about it from that point of view, like we're ready for country to open back up and, you know, we think that if it's done safely, then it, then we should do it. And so people love that because they're, you know, they're all middle America kind of 
yeah, we need to go back to work, like kind of freaking out, you know? And I don't think that's political at all. I think that is, that is the human spirit. I mean, I, I agree. I want to get back out there and work and I want to be safe. I'm a musician. I want to make sure that we're safe. A lot of venues are, are in danger of closing, but I want to make sure that things are good. But man, do I want to get back out to work? I miss that. I'm sure you miss your band as well. Oh, God, I'm going crazy. I mean, it's been my life for the last 20-something years. And now, I mean, I'm used to seeing them and being with them and being on my bus every yeah. single week. And so it's been, you know, I'm, I'm really tired of it. I'm really, really ready. And I know that, you know, everybody else is too. And everybody needs to make money. We can't just sit around and wait for, you know, the government to give us money. We need to make our own money. So I'm ready for that. Yeah. Here, here. And what was it like when the shutdown first started happening? Were you in the process of on being on tour or doing shows or recording? Oh yeah. I mean, I work nonstop and we had a release date for our album on May 15th. And so that was kind of a bummer because we had all this, you know, promotion stuff planned. We were going to be in LA and we were going to be in New York and mm going on all the shows, Good Morning America, the Today Show, all the stuff that we normally do. And all of that, of course, just got canceled. And, you know, so we've we've done a lot of stuff online, but it's not the same. Yeah. And and also, I'm always on the road. I mean, we do about 75 dates a year. So there's, you know, hardly ever a weekend that I'm home. Yeah, that took a lot for me to get used to as well is what am I going to do with my weekends? The garden looks great though. I mean, it just looks fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ours too. So tell me about this album of covers that you have uh, called copy that I, I feel like I'm getting a glimpse into some of your favorite karaoke songs. Uh, but, <laughs> but also as a songwriter, you probably respect some of these, the writing that goes on, um, which, you know, you've, you're always crediting the writers as well as the uh, performers here when you, when you do that. So what, what gave you the idea? Was it karaoke well, or I'm, just stuff you do live? No, absolutely not karaoke. In fact, I've never done karaoke in my life. Oh, no way. Oh, you got to try it. I, how I, dare you call this a karaoke record? I this didn't do a, that. I, I fell in love. This is a very sophisticated covers album. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, um, I, I used to hate karaoke and my, my buddy. I've never done it. I'm my like, buddy dragged that? me out. And it's so, you know, rent a room in like a, with some friends and you're just, you're just screaming your head off. I don't know. There's something fun about it. But because your album's so much fun is what I thought that. Um, well, why I Thank you. Um, you know, <laughs> it's so I grew up in a covers band. I started singing with my brothers when I was four on stage. So by the time I'm seven years old, I'm singing in bars, doing the 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. shows, covering, you know, four hours of music. So yeah. we would always have to choose like an excellent selection of songs. So I really learned how to do that from an early age. Like, what are going to be songs that people expect to hear that everybody wants to hear like sweet home Alabama and give me three steps and you know, Tuesday's gone with the wind and right. all the country. Girl and uh, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You got to do all those songs, but, and then, you know, all of our encores have cover tunes. So that's always fun when we decide to change the show and put a new encore in. Um, and so I've been wanting to do a covers record my whole life. Never done one. It's kind of one of those milestones, like when you do your greatest hits or, you know, that that covers album or specialty record. And so um, this just seemed like the perfect 
year for it. My last studio album was Words, and it's been almost three years since that was out. So we were like, okay, it's time to go back in. We moved back to Nashville in August. We've been living in Alabama okay. for the last 11 years. So I had heard the Rustin Kelly record, who's married to Casey Musgraves. I don't know if you know who, who oh, he yeah, is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I just died over that record. I mean, I absolutely died. Over, I didn't want to listen to it because I was so worried that it would be like bro country. And my manager kept saying, no, 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 you're going to love it. It's not bro country. It's cool. It's like really great writing, blah, blah, blah. So finally put it in, listened to it. And I was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. And it's one of those records that you just love um, more. The more you listen to it, the more you love it. And so I wanted to find out who that producer was and see if he would work with me. So it was a guy named Jared Kay um, from California. Mm. And so we met and we totally hit it off. We were like, had all the same opinions musically. We were like, yeah, yeah, me too. And yeah, and you know, love that and love to make records this way and yada, yada, yada. So we, I said, well, what about if we start with a covers record? That way we can get to know each other really well. And then after the covers record, we'll write an album together. Oh, and do okay. it. You know, so that's what we're, well, as soon as quarantine is done, we're going to start writing the next record. Um, but now he's like family to us. I mean, he's like my little brother. It was the most magical experience I've ever had in the studio. Jared introduced me to all these new musicians, studio guys that I've never worked with before. Um, cause I always sort of had the same, you know, kind of guys, which were like the, the obvious, you know, like A-list players. And then of course my drummer, Matt Chamberlain. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's, there's the background of either you know, old school country players that make your album sound legit country. And then there's those that are, that come from another influence altogether that add some different flavor and different life into it. It doesn't mean it's not yes. country. It just means it's just, it, it comes from a different place. Well, and I don't even know what country is anymore. You know, it's Who like, and, yeah. and those guys that you named, like the ones that are the typical, you know, Nashville studio guys. They're so freaking amazing and they can play anything. In one you know? take, and perfectly every time. In one take, and they probably would rather be doing a lot of different music besides, you know, what's happening right now. And so, um, but these, these guys that I worked with on Copy That were all new to me and all amazing. And then my son, Avery, played all the guitar parts. And so... My and my daughter Olivia. Wait, you said that your son harmony. Avery did guitar parts. You mean as in like guitar solos? Uh huh. Almost just, every guitar part that you hear on the record oh is Avery. Oh my gosh! So uh, kudos yeah. to him. The solo on your version of Patsy Cline's "She's Got You" is is phenomenal. Oh my God, that was what the first one he did? What that a was the sound first out song of the, he played on. Kudos to him because that was that was a phenomenal performance on that one. Thank you. Sure. Yeah, we, and that was a, a full take. There was nothing comped in that. And so, you know, he came in and Billy Justineau had done, so we were doing the Patsy song and it was like so amazing. We were all just kind of amazed at ourselves. Like, oh my God, what did we just do? That sounds <laughs> so great. And then Billy Justineau played piano on it and he did all those, you know, cool, like almost haunting Part. So then he was kind of just kidding around when when we were running it down. He kind of was just joking when he played that solo, the piano solo. 
where it sounds just so bluesy. Yeah, and- the organ. It, it's a very like barrel house blues mixed with that that really awesome, uh, you know, soul church yeah, organ. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. definitely like you're in a bar and mm-hmm. you're wasted and you're <laughs> dancing with somebody who's also wasted. And so I was, and so he just started laughing, you know, like, no, I'm kidding, you know, I'll, I'll do it. A more appropriate solo and I'm like no, no 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 that's exactly what I want that's exactly what I want on this solo and he's like seriously and I was like yes do that have that attitude so then he did that and then so when Avery came in with a solo he was like well I'm gonna do that too I mean I'm gonna, I'm gonna go d- all all out blues and that's Avery's forte that's you know, jamming just, I love it yeah. yeah, they were jamming, exactly. And so that was Avery's, you know, one take, and we were all like, and he's like, are you sure you don't want me to, like, give you more options? And we were like, <laughs> nope, that's incredible. So I'm so glad you pointed that out, because that's my favorite part of the song, are those two solos. theory about music is that it's not forced you can hear either that the musicians are just playing the song or that they're having fun you can almost hear yep. it in the background you know um and we had fun every second of this record like no lie and like we had eric i don't know if you watched our instagram live last night but it's it's on my instagram so you can watch them all you know after the fact but anyway we had Eric Slick, who played drums on the record, on last night. Yeah. And we were talking about that same thing, you know, how much fun he had and how he does the funny British accent count on the beginning of Come On Eileen. And oh, that's we him were, yelling in the background. Sure, the count. Um, yeah, that's him yelling the count. And we all just died laughing. So we. But he's not a British guy. No, not at all. And even though that wasn't the take that we kept, we kept the count. So we just we were like, we're using the count no matter what. And so it was just stuff like that, that, you know, and I named the album copy that because we really did copy the songs almost to a T. We changed some things, you know, like we we didn't put a saxophone solo on Whenever I Call You Friend. And instead, Jared K did this really, really weird psychedelic <laughs> uh organ solo on yeah, it that like sounds like a shag carpet it's still very appropriate in fact it's kind of a little yacht rocky you know like a like a tribute yeah. to that sort of sound kenny loggins in general would would you know i mean he, i'm sure he lo- he'd love it yes exactly 
So yeah, it was, it was just an amazing experience. I mean, my two girls, um, they're both doing online school. So every day they just grab their laptops and Jared has a couch in the main, you know, studio room and they just literally lived there and we became a family for the entire month of October. That's all we did. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And then we made Avery just kind of be there 24 seven for guitar. And then <laughs> Avery was one and like crazy love we had. So any, all the musicians that were in there for crazy love, even if they weren't a guitar player, we made them play acoustic on crazy love. So we put them in a big circle and then Avery and then my other guitar player, Ben Thompson, did the licks. The da -na 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 -na. And then everybody else just, you know, played rhythm. But I wanted that to be a real live sound with a bunch of acoustics. So I think there were like eight acoustic guitars going at the same time. This is the kind of stuff I love. I love figuring out how people do stuff. I love being like hearing a room, hearing a noise, hearing the joy, hearing all that stuff. Same. It's so yeah. exciting to me. And and Me you too. sound like you're having a ball too. I can tell you're smiling in the microphone. Like certain things are just it's 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 great to hear and it's great to see. You know, it's exciting. It definitely. Yeah, I had so much fun, and it was it was not easy. I mean, we, you know, I can't believe some of the stuff that was on those records. That I'm just like, they did not have the technology that we have today. How in the hell did they do like? whenever I call you friend, if so, we, Jared and Olivia and Audrey and I all went in and did all of those oohs and ahs on the beginning of that before yeah. Philip Sweet came in because we wanted him to feel surrounded, you know, when he started singing. Um, but that was all the stuff that Kenny Loggins and Stevie Nicks put on there. So I don't know if they had a choir or I don't know what they did. Well, but this it was is like really analog tape. Stuff. So you got to go over and over again or a choir in a room with the yeah. mics, you know, going this way and then trying to get it far. It, it's the the tricks they use today are, are nothing like they did back then, because you're right. They did not have the technology right now. We can right. do we can change the room sound right now and make it sound like we're talking to each other underwater uh, in a in a theater, in a, in a big yeah. auditorium. Uh, all that had to be done, you know, just from moving giant plates uh, of steel in, in the bottom of Capitol Records to get those sounds and stuff. It's, totally. It's crazy. And I had so much respect for that. And so that's why I was like, no, we should just do what they did. We should pay, you know, total homage to the singers, the musicians, the producers, mm. the actual artists themselves, the engineers, whoever mixed it. We want it, you know, so we just kind of did exactly what they did but we made it sound fresh and current and i love how you keep this a family affair it sounds to me like uh it's a pretty fun uh fun room to be around when you guys are are getting together and oh it's so fun i mean we're and we're such like we're very free-spirited people and we're very open to letting people in our family so we love that we love like meeting new people and then after knowing you for a week it's like you know come on now over, you're a part of the barker yeah. clan that's what i miss the most about quarantine is not having our friends come over just just to say hey yes. you know come out yeah. and sit in the patio and listen to music with me whenever i call you friend i begin to think i understand anywhere we are you and i have always been ever and 
hits but I, I see it all the time in merchandise and now it's the title of your new memoir in September that you have coming out um, how has that song meant so many things to you in in your career it seems to me like it kind of wraps you up in a nutshell as well it does so that was the the first song that I wrote after Avery was born and Avery was six weeks old sitting in his little bouncy seat and he's still trying to collect royalties from just being in the room, but I refuse. But, um, <laughs> so it was, it was a really, really, uh, vulnerable time for me because I was fat from having a baby. I wasn't recovered. I was nursing, you know, but the label was like, you know, we need to get her back, get her back, get her back, get her back in the studio, get her back in shape, get her back on the road. And so I was very vulnerable. I was super nervous about writing this day. I almost canceled. Um, and also I wasn't getting any sleep because I was getting up with the baby all night. So Marcus Hummond and Daryl Scott came over. I'd never met them before. And they couldn't have been more perfect to be the first people that I wrote with um, after the baby because they, they were both fathers and I think Marcus had just had a baby as well, his his third to my first. And mm. so he was incredibly em- empathetic and compassionate. And um, so he, he said, hey, why don't we just like, no pressure, tell us about your life. And so I was like, yeah, I grew up on a farm in Missouri. And so I just started talking. And so Marcus started, and Marcus is insane, but in a great way, but he just started playing this little riff, like do 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 do. And now I've written so many songs with Marcus that you know it doesn't phase me. And I know that I have to I rein him in all the time. Like hold on, I have to learn the melody. Stop changing the <laughs> melody because uh, he's just all over the place. Well, he started doing that, and he just kind of started singing what I was saying. And so I was like, Oh my God. Yeah, that's cool. Let's just write about my life. And Marcus was like, yeah, I mean, nobody really knows that much about you. So we started writing, you know, in the first thing, the first line was I've been telling my dreams to the scarecrow to paint immediately paint the picture that I'm on a farm. farm. And so we went from there, we wrote the song in a train beat. So it was like bluegrass and, I loved everything about it except that. I was like, we need to change the the vibe on this. 
And so prior to writing Born to Fly, I had already decided after listening to the Wallflowers record, I need that drummer because I play drums and I'm super like sensitive to drummers and great drummers. And I can pick out, you know, ones that are special. Matt Chamberlain is special. He's one of the best in the world. Yeah. So Paul Worley, my producer, he was like, we, there are a million great drummers in Nashville. Why am I going on this goose chase to find this guy? And I'm like, because I'm smart and you're going to understand. So we found them. We brought them to Nashville. So because I knew some of the stuff that Matt had played on already, I was like, I think we need to change Born to Fly to like a funk beat because then it won't be so narrow. It'll be like much more commercial. You're going to reach out to more people, right? Reach more people. So we changed it to the, you know, the funk. And I was sort of trying to do it after, um, you know, if you want to be my baby, oh, spin doctors, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And so that was sort of the example that I gave him, and so Love that it. then he started, but he started to same thing. The drum thing at the beginning of Born to Fly was just Matt being funny. Oh, the bump, yeah, yeah, right. He was just being funny, and the funny doink at the end with the yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. It was all meant to be funny, and he was still getting a snare sound. Um, it's an amazing and, snare sound. I, 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 I actually have referenced oh, that's his specialty. I've that referenced is his that specialty. many times. Yeah. He, he comes in with about 80 snares. I mean, he's insane too, Whoa. but, um, so yeah, he was still getting a snare sound and that's why he was just kind of doing that. So I was like, keep that, that has to go in the beginning of the song. And same way with all of the songs on, a lot, a lot of my records that just jam out forever on the outro. Mm-hmm. That's just because that's what they're doing. And I'm like, people need to hear this. So anyway, yeah. so we wrote Born to Fly. So that song is so special to me because of that, because of the vulnerability that I was experiencing, but also that we wrote it about my life. It's kind of a mini, you know, autobiography and it affected so many people and it changed my life because it became a huge smash. It, it was nominated for seven CMA awards. I mean, it, it changed my career. Yes. And so, and, and just the title itself, you know, so of course I would name a memoir of that because I was born to fly and, you know. Well, it's so it's that, good to hear that because I think that everyone assumes that when people are putting a story in a song that you're kind of coming, you know, artists with their catalogs. There's a bit of, they, they want to know about who they are as people. They want to reveal the truth about them. But, you know, a lot of us just take on characters or write in a character form. Mm-hmm. This one is actually true to you and, and who yeah. you are as a person. Every word of it, every word of it was about me wanting to move to Nashville, but you know, being afraid because I loved my home. I loved growing up on the farm. You know, I wanted to say that, you know, my mom and dad are great, but I need to go because I was born to fly. And I know that and I can't be caged in. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And now it's the name of your record label as well, the Newstone. Yes. Mm-hmm. Born to Fly Records. I've been telling my dreams to the scarecrow about the places that I'd like to see. I say, friend, do you think I'll ever get there? Oh, but he just stands there smiling back at me. So I confess my sins to the preacher about the love I've been praying to find. Is there a brown-eyed 
Instagram live feed yesterday. I was actually in the middle of a uh, barbecue and some chicken, and I I heard you talking about female artists. And just first of all, we at the California Country Show, I'm very proud of the fact that our ratio of male to female artists is is always hovering. You know, 60-40, 50-50. It always swings it different ways. I, it, it's and you know what's so funny is I think most radio programmers think it's such a hard thing to find good female acts out there. And I just I say just just listen to what's coming out now. You'll be blown away. Just give that a chance for a second. Yeah. I know you talked or about just, this. you know, play new music from me. Or, or just, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to just you need you play new music from Leanne Womack. You know, we did. I mean, yeah, Tanya Tucker's album that came out last year. I mean, Brandy Carlile, The High Women. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a lot of great indie artists that I'm playing as well that are just, I mean, just blowing me away. Um, yeah. Is have things really changed? Um, I know that this is important to you. You brought it up, um, and not to put you on the spot, especially I don't want to attack any radio programmers out there. But you know that representation has always been a problem in the music industry. And I see it changing a little bit here and there. I just didn't know if you had any thoughts about how things have changed from the time that you were coming up. Well, it started right right after a little bit stronger. So I um, had well, so I am the fifth most played female country artist in the last twenty years. And but right around a little bit stronger. I noticed that Luke Bryan came out with Country Girl Shake It For Me. And then Florida Georgia Line came out. And then this whole trend, you know, it's it happened like like coronavirus, you know. You're, you're and talking the, about uh, misogyny in lyrics and country music. No, I'm talking about just only playing that kind of music. The bros. The bro country. And it just went crazy. And like... Country girl, shake it for me. That's fine. That's like, but that's like a should be a one in ten sure. songs. But what country radio, country music, and Nashville tends to do is to jump on these bandwagons. I, mean, I can't tell you how many people sent me songs that were so much like "Says in the Bucket" after "Says in the Bucket" was a hit because they wanted me to redo it. And I'm like, I'll never redo "Says in the Bucket." That was a that was a gift from God. That was a once in a lifetime kind of song. Right. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I'm not going to try to repeat that. But then again, when you're uh, a struggling artist or a writer, you hear something on the radio, or the people above you tell you, "Look, give me five more versions of uh, you know Dirt Road Anthem from Jason Aldean. I need them right mm-hmm. now." Uh, with those same chord changes and repeat it over and over again, and make sure you say "Hey, girl" in the song somewhere too. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're going to do it because you got to support your family. You got to support your family. Um, which but is, I would you know. never do that. I mean, no matter what, I would never come out with a song that talked about any of that shit just to try to get on radio. I'm too prideful, you know. Plus, you've, it's already been I'm, said. Why Why say it again? You, you've already said it. Exactly. Or in a song that you've already done, like you said, like the size of the bucket. Yeah. You've already made that statement. It's already been yep. said. What else do you got? Exactly. That being said, who are you listening to now that you're inspired by? Well, you know, I still love the Casey Musgraves record. And, you know, just perfect example of amazing music that never got one spin on mainstream country radio. 
So I don't know what genre she's in. I don't know what genre I'm in. I don't know what genre Rustin Kelly's in, but I love him. I love Tame Impala. Mm. I love Harry Styles. Um, I love the Brummies. I always love John Mayer. Um, you know, but I just like you, you heard us make a smart ass remark last night about beer 30. I I can't, I literally can't believe it. I can't believe it. I thought we were going away from it. I thought we were getting better and (laughs) beer 30 and it's not even a a correct rhyme. I mean, it's a very loose rhyme. It's beer 30 (laughs) and I'm thirsty. Oh, I can't gosh. believe it. It's not even alliteration. I mean, it's not it's not even clever alliteration. Yeah, no. To me, that okay. To me, that song coming out would be the equivalent of them extending the quarantine another six months. Because I'm like, just can't believe it. Can't believe it's happening. <laughs> well, I mean. I, when I see things coming out now, because I get the emails every day of what new music is coming out, and, and I can hear the copycats just right off the bat, you know, just mm-hmm. even, even that font that they use that tells me that, all right, this guy's a bro. Um, and no disrespect to anyone who wants to put out legitimate country music, especially, you know, about the lifestyle, about what it means to be country. We, you know, we respect that here. Um, we're, we're small town mm-hmm. folks, too. But uh-huh. but yeah, you can see this in in some. I I just don't know if people know of another way to make it, and that 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 to me is is the sad part because it. I don't want to dumb down my music. Um, no, I do want to drink to I it mean, though. My advice is, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just wish that everybody, but no one's gonna do it. I mean, no one's gonna be take a stand and be like, I'll be the one to change. You know, the country format. Yeah, come and, after me. <laughs> Yeah, because they need everybody needs to make money. We, we you need to make money. You need to make friends and fans. Um, I just think just keep coming out with good stuff. Casey Musgraves is honored by the ACMs and the uh, the CMAs every year when that award show comes around. But none of those radio stations are playing her. Um, they didn't play her once. That that's the funny thing. I'm like, you can't or, claim or her husband. And that you talk about a country record. Yeah, that's the epitome of a country record right there. They're playing more country on uh, Sirius XM's The Spectrum than uh, than a lot of country stations. They're playing Tyler Childers all the time. A lot of Jason Isbell. A lot of um, you know, yeah, a lot Jason of Casey Musgraves. I love him too. Really great stuff. It just you know, there's an art to it that that they respect, which is good. I don't think they worry about the style as much. I think country radio is just a little, still a little scared, and and that's kind of a bummer. So. It is. It is. But I do like the advice, though. I appreciate it, especially these younger artists that are listening that want to know, you know, how to make it in Nashville. Should I move to Nashville? Do I need to be there in the middle of everything? Or can I keep making music in my hometown and and see where that takes me? Yeah, I'm, I honestly don't have the answer because, like I said, I don't even consider myself to be in the country genre anymore because my music sounds nothing like it. I mean, all the way back to, you know, slow me down and then words. And now this covers album. I mean, I'm, I'm not mainstream country radio. I'm an indie artist now as well. Well, you're an indie record label. You're an indie artist. Yeah. I mean, this covers album is just a fun, good record with really great production. Uh, Hard to say, I'm sorry that I, I really appreciate the arrangement that you did, especially at the end of that song. Thank you. Um, just so well done and true. And and um, 
I've seen Chicago live a couple times and and uh for for a bunch of dudes that uh you know they they really go off the rails sometimes too. So that's fun to watch it. Really, really cool. And really yeah, quickly I before, love that song. before I let you go, I want to ask you, um the book that you're releasing is basically a memoir. It's deeper into the song than 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 you'd like. What is there any stories that you're telling in there that that we should be out, you know, we should be looking out for? Yeah, I mean, I I do go pretty pretty deep. I mean, it's not like a full-blown, you know, autobiography, but I talk about my parents' divorce. I talk about getting hit by a car uh when I was 8 years old and I have two other near-death experiences that were oh. unbelievable. I talk about one thing that happened to me that I've never talked about publicly, and I tell the story in detail, so people are going to be shocked when they read about that, and they're going to wonder how I'm alive. Um, so, yeah, I, I go into it a little, and I, I talk about my divorce a little bit, mm -hmm. um, not a ton, but... Um, and then I also talk a lot about raising kids and my, you know, unsolicited advice on parenting and being a step parent, all that kind of stuff. That's right. You guys had a Brady Bunch situation that happened when you, when you got uh -huh, together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Seven kids total. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Just the one son for me, three years in, and uh, I, I soak up whatever parenting advice I can get from folks. It's just, uh, I'm just yeah. trying to enjoy it as much as I can. Well, the most important thing is teach them to have a good heart and make them obey you, and then they'll be good people. I My son adores me. I mean, at least that, that's what I think he does. We're, we're going to try I'm to hold, sure he does. hold on to that <laughs> feeling as much as possible. And then exactly. now that when we're when we're back in the world and, and shows are happening, what are you most excited uh, to start doing again? Oh, my God. Just being on stage, being on the road, being on the bus, being with my band and crew. You know, I never have so much fun in my life as when I'm when I'm out there. Yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I hate to keep you awesome. for this long. I, I really appreciate you, you spending some time with me. Yeah, you too. Well, that there was it. My interview podcast with Sarah Evans. Thank you so much, Sarah, for joining me on that. I mean, you know, you geek out a little bit on the production of things and it just, just launches into some stories there. So that was super great. Hope you enjoyed that. In fact, if you were tuning into the California Country Show podcast for the very first time because you heard that I was going to be interviewing Sarah Evans today, I encourage you, please subscribe to the California Country Show podcast for more. I've got a lot of great interviews with not only established artists, but up and coming artists as well. And of course, the California Country Radio Show airs weekly on multiple radio stations. And all you need to do to listen to that program is head to california-country.com. There's archived shows that I put on Mixcloud and a link on there as well. And hit the radio show link and you will be transported to the different radio stations that air us. And you can tune in to the brand new shows at that time. In fact, I'll be playing full versions of the Sarah Evans songs from her new album, Copy That on this week's radio show so tune in and also too you can also go to sarahevans.com for more information on how to pre-order her new up-and-coming book born to fly all right let's get to some credits here and then i'll let you guys know what's coming up it's super exciting please don't skip ahead on this the california country radio show and podcast is produced by me dave bernal 
of JDB Entertainment. This episode edited by Devin Pangle. And of course, you can catch us at California-Country.com. And also, please tune into the radio show this week. And for the next few weeks, we will be starting a brand new campaign called Save the Honky Tonks. You'll be able to buy some cool merch that is, you know, well, you actually... I'll spoil it right now for you just because you're listening to the, to the podcast. You'll be able to buy some T-shirts, some hats, some bumper stickers, and some masks that you can wear out and about into the world while keeping each other safe. Let's say save the honky-tonks. It's a dope-ass design, and I'm very excited about this because when you order this merchandise, you can not only choose your price, but you can choose where the proceeds of your purchase go to, and that goes directly to a few of our local honky-tonks in the radio markets that we air the California Country Show. If you have suggestions for me on different California clubs that are suffering through this pandemic right now, please email me, justdave at california-country.com, and I'll do my best to get your favorite honky-tonk venue on the list. It's going to be exciting. I mean, there's so much going on right now, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm pulled by my doctors. I'm supposed to take it easy. You're not totally out of the woods yet, Dave. But forget it. We have to make this work for us all. All right, guys. I'll see you guys soon. Stand by for greatness. A lot of awesome California country stuff coming in the next few weeks. Cheers, everybody. Follow the California Country Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Cal Country Show.